0: Bridget, happy Wednesday. Good morning this morning, Mom. Good morning, Linda. How are
1: you this morning?
0: I'm well, thanks. How about you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Always good to chat to
0: you. Hey, lovely, hey. The weather's confusing me, man. I'm forever carrying stuff. Jacket, raincoat, (laughs) umbrella. Hey, I don't know whether I'm coming or going, you know? I think we all
1: feel the same at the moment. We're not sure whether we're We're happy to see the rain or we're happy to see the the sunshine. So, yeah, I don't blame you.
0: (laughs) actually you're right thinking about it <laughs> the, you know excitement around the change of weather is always short lived yeah <laughs> exactly bridget uh, obviously uh, you know something that depresses me now and again every time you go to a, a business district the the number of shops that have suddenly closed down and you just see Paper that says closed or relocated. I'm even scared to go to such places anymore. That's translating to people have been retrenched, people have lost jobs.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah it, it is. It is quite sad. and you know, I think you you say you say quite well. It's quite depressing to go um, into retail areas where you see the shops are closed, and you realise what the impact is. Um, it's not just the, the shop or the, the retail concern that's closed, but it's the people that are affected um, at a, at a human level. So, you know, and I think to a large extent, um, uh, you know, there were many businesses that were potentially struggling already uh, in terms of the economy before going into lockdown, uh, brought about by COVID-19. Um, and then for those that were already struggling, they probably, you know, the COVID-19 and inability to, to generate an income just took those companies and, and pushed them into the next level. Um, so it is very unfortunate, it? and it is something that we're starting to see more and more, and I think over time we will continue to see the effects of that. So just because you're uh, out of the clear now doesn't mean in the long term um, that you might not be affected as well. So it is it is quite depressing to see. Um, you know, if you think of the stats as well, we started uh, 2020 with a 50% unemployment rate in South Africa, um, and it's forecast through national treasury that by the end of twenty twenty will be up to forty percent um unemployment. And that's quite substantial in the course of one year. Um and what that actually, you know, sort of um equates to is about six hundred and forty eight thousand jobs that have been lost uh, over this year. Just just over to, and, and more particularly so in the second quarter of this year. Um and and we have essentially we have nine nine and a half million people that are unemployed as we speak. So
0: it it has has had a a huge impact on people's ability to keep their jobs. You know, um, obviously, Bridget, you understand things around careers and how to shape them and how to help people choose the best they can be happy at. Is it becoming easy to, or difficult at least, to talk careers uh, at this juncture as opposed to survival?
1: I think it is it is, and it is, and I think often what happens when people are entrenched is they undergo this state of, of I'm not going to say a paralysis, because they they get stuck and they're not quite sure, you know, what do I do next, um, and it makes it quite difficult to, you know, under normal circumstances, if you didn't have that level of stress put on you, um, it would be easy to, to, to sit and, and quite comfortably plot out, okay, so what, what does my career look like going forward? you know, where have I come from, you know, it, it's a lot less stressful situation to be in. And often when people are retrenched, they feel a lot more panicked about the situation because they don't know how long it's going to take before they find something new. They don't know, you know, how long are they going to be impacted by this. And they do tend to feel, you know, quite quite paralyzed in, in their thinking and, and decision making. So it definitely does make it a, a lot more difficult. I think, um, you know, we, we, we're quite an entrepreneurial society. So we have, um, you know, we have people that often are, are not too scared to take risks. And if they realize they're not going to, um, you know, they're not going to have a, a formal form, um, form of income, they, you know, they, like they said, off the cards, mark a plan, <laughs> you know, so that they, they make a plan to try and find some kind of income in, in a different way, entrepreneurially. But that's not something that everybody can do. Not everybody is built for business or built to be a business owner, or is an entrepreneur, so it's you know it, it does leave people um, in a in a state of not knowing how long these things are going to take in, until such time that I can have a job and someone's paying me um, my salary again. Um, when,
0: when, at, when we're looking at retrenchment as well, Bridget, um, what does it say to relationships people have with their employers?
1: You know, I think how um, often we tend to personalize things. Which is sometimes a good thing and sometimes not so good. So, um, at the end of the day, you know, companies are trying to stay afloat and to keep their businesses running. So, I think that's the important thing to to remember. Um, and that even if you have a good relationship with your with your um, your, your line manager or the company that you work for, um, at the end of the day, companies are there there to do business. Um, and, and ironically, um, what you know, what, what a lot of people don't necessarily always understand is that retrenchment is actually a great measure in order to allow that company to have longevity and to continue to um, support some people that might have worked within that company uh, for a longer period of time. So it's just a, it's a methodology in order to try and keep some businesses, with, sorry, businesses some 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 jobs safe. So, you know, there are various other measures that companies look at. So, you know, some, in, in, in many cases, people during, you know, the COVID lockdown that weren't able to work in a way that they would have before had reductions in their salaries or potentially even a furlough. Um, so sort of, you know, your job your job doesn't go away, but it's put on hold. So we don't pay you your salary for a while, but you'll continue to get some, some benefits. So the redundancy is just another measure in order to try and, and keep the longevity of a business um, continuing. So um, I think we need to be careful that we don't, you know, we don't uh, confuse the fact that someone has been entrenched with your relationship with your employer, um, because you know, it, once again, it is a measure that, that they use in order to keep afloat. It's not a personal thing. Um, it should not be a personal thing. I'm sure there are people that break the rules and don't do the right things and don't follow the right process, and that's why you know we end up at the CCNA. But um, but essentially,
0: it's, we need to divorce those two things. It's not personal. In that space, what is it that I, as an employee, can get from my employer? Could I ask, why am I being retrenched? Um, will I get satisfactory answers, even if I don't like them, but will they make sense to me to understand that this process had to come to pass?
1: No, absolutely. And, you know, that's why we have a formal process that companies need to follow in order to to go through a retrenchment process. Um, so when we follow Section 189 or Section 189A process, um, there are specific elements that, you know, the, the, that a company needs to adhere to in order to, to go through the process. It's not just a communication to start saying, we don't have a job anymore and, and, and thanks and it's over. Um, you know, there's a very formal process. And part of the the, the initial part of that process is around communication as to why why those job cuts are necessary. So from an operational perspective, why do we need to do what we're doing? Um, And they need to be quite transparent in terms of their, you know, their their financials and and where they're headed as as a company as well, and not just use this as an opportunity to, to, to send numbers down. But they need to follow the formal process, and the start of that process is, um, being transparent in terms of why those um, why those retrenchments are necessary, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's always going to be some individuals or some companies that maybe don't don't follow the rules, or they don't have the skills to know how to do that, and they don't have the finances to get the right people involved to provide them with the structure. Um, but you know, the, the, the CCMA are great at providing um, uh, information. Um, to companies and to individuals in terms of what is right um, and and how to follow the right process. But yes, absolutely. As an employee, you are in your full right to understand why why the company is taking that measure, why they haven't necessarily looked at other measures and why they've gone straight to retrenchment, and and to understand the operational reasons for that and, and why that's impacted your job specifically.
0: Given the fact that uh, money is too tight to mention, if I'm an employee, uh, I'm not unionized. Working in an in an environment where some people are unionized, it, it, does it work the same way for unionized and non-unionized uh, employees? Um,
1: so obviously, the process with unionized employees is um, is 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 a lot uh, can be quite a lot more complicated because they are union representatives that are involved and there's a lot more consultation that happens in these open forums, so a lot more meetings, um, and often in, in situations where there are much larger workforces as well. So, um, you know, that, um, the process is, is, is still the same, but obviously you'll you have union representatives in an organisation where that is, you have collective bargaining, and then where you don't have collective bargaining, um, the employee, or, sorry, the employer... Uh, would would have consultation with um, employees on a one on one basis because they're
0: not unionised. so it's a it's a question of really doing your homework here.
1: Absolutely, it's not just a case of saying, "Well, you know, the business is going aflo- afloat, um, you know, let's, let, let's let's chuck ten jobs or whatever it might be." You need to have a, have thought it through correctly. You know, as far as labour is concerned, there's always two things that you look at. You always look for substance and you always look for process. So you need to, you know, when you go and sit to of the CCMA as an employer uh, or employee for that matter, we always take a look at whatever process um, has been followed. So has there been procedural fairness in what you've done? Um, have you followed the process? Have you been fair in applying that process? And then also um, there needs to be substantive fairness as well. So do you have enough substance to be able to uh, to back up why you're making that decision? Um, so, you know, those are the two elements that, that need to be there. Um, in order to ensure that you're following the correct process and it's it's absolutely critical you know when i'm talking to people about surviving retrenchment right at the top of that list is about um, as an employee or somebody who's been affected by a uh, a retrenchment is to understand what your rights are on with the right knowledge in terms of what what sh- you know what the process should look like um, quite often people haven't been through this process before so they don't know what to expect and they don't know if their employers are doing the right thing and treating them fairly. So arm yourself with that knowledge, whether it's through reading, whether it's through going to the CCMA, whether it's through seeking legal advice or, you know, whatever it has may be, we need to ensure that people understand what is right and am I being treated fairly.
0: We're chatting to a career coach and advisor, uh, Bridget Hunter, talking about uh, things to do, things to consider when uh, that envelope comes. Eesh, we'll talk more in a moment. Wednesday, life and career growth on Sound Awake. Chatting to Bridget Hunter and uh, trying to yeah, navigate a very trying space and hopefully uh, coming out uh, on the other side. Empowered, informed and ready to change uh, the course of action in terms of life and career is concerned. Bridget, What uh, you know, retrenchment brings about a lot of emotions and they get in the way sometimes. What's the best way of dealing with emotions at the time?
1: I think it goes back to that, that very first, uh, or that re- re- comment I made a little earlier. I think the most important thing is, is to realize that retrenchment is not personal. Um, I, I think when, when somebody can divorce that from... Um, from what they're going through, it, it makes dealing with the emotions a lot easier because it's not something you did wrong. If this is a company decision in order to to save and, and and that's why you're affected in the way um, that you are. Obviously, there's there's a whole a whole range of emotions that people go through, um, and quite similar to the sort of stages that you would um, in, in in managing grief. So you know everything from from denial. To, to anger to to pretty much uh, grief bargaining and then eventually acceptance. So it's this you know I think it's that initial waking up in the morning um, when you know you don't necessarily have a specific purpose or plan around what you should do in terms of looking for your next role. That, that's that overwhelming feeling that people feel um, and tend to um, and quite easily can get stuck in. Um, so you know and and you do need to, you do need to realise that this isn't personal. Um, and, and, you know, the, every person is going to feel those emotions, emotions in a different way. If, you, if you're if you a person who tends to be a bit more um, optimistic, um, you probably start making plans a little earlier than, than somebody else would and start looking at this as an opportunity to say, hold on, let me, let me reassess where I'm going with my career. Um, quite a few people aren't necessarily happy in their roles. So now you've been put into a situation where you do need to reassess where you're headed. Um, and this can actually be quite a positive a positive thing to go through as, as much as it's difficult to go through at the time quite often people look back and they reflect and they say you know what that um, that was an opportunity that um, that gave me a, a chance to think about where I'm headed um and it might it might give you an opportunity to to start looking at at um, upskilling yourself or looking at a career change um or reassessing what you do like or what you don't or maybe giving it a go and and, and do, starting your first you know your 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 business that you've always wanted to do even if it is a side, it was a side hustle or whatever it might be so it, can, it doesn't have to be just negative it can be used as an opportunity um, and it needs to be reframed that way for people to say well look I'm going to reassess where I'm at and, and maybe re, redraw the lines of where I think I'm going.
0: Talk, talk to us about you know time obviously is important talk to us about networking in this case.
1: Yes very very important. So I think gone are the days, Manza, where um, people would go uh, and take a look at the... Do people even read, uh, you know, formal newspapers anymore? I think everything happens online, but they would go and uh, down to the, to the local um, shop and, and buy a newspaper. I know that certainly was the case when I was in my 20s. Um, and we would look through the vacancies and apply for roles in that way. You know, then we sort of progressed to the internet and, and we have all these job um, uh, portals that people could access and then we had the discovery of, of LinkedIn, um, which made things a lot easier to, to reach out to other people and to take a look at at their professional um, careers and where they are at. So, um, yeah, you know, I think the, the the progression of where we where we have have moved from from where we initially started, where people started looking for roles to where we are now, has definitely changed. But I think the you know a lot of people often say it's not it's not what you know it's who you know. So networking is incredibly important. So if you have, for some reason, been um, retrenched and you find yourself in that situation, probably one of the most effective things you can do is to reach out to your network, um, to find out what opportunities are out there, to have conversations with, um, with, with people around what those potential opportunities may look like, but to really use this opportunity to get your feelers out there. So still continue to apply for roles the formal way, the old-fashioned way, I'll almost call it that, but you really, it's very, it's, it's very important that people reach out to their networks. And this is something that we often don't do very well. We don't keep our networks ticking. Um, and, and this is also another reason why it is quite important in your career to have a mentor, somebody who isn't directly involved in your career on a day-to-day basis, like a, a, a manager or somebody who manages your work, but somebody you can go to and really talk, have a conversation about the big picture. Um, about so, chatting to mentors, asking them for their inputs and what do you think my options are. Help me clarify this, um, you know, the path going forward. But networking is absolutely important, it's reaching out, getting your feelers out there.
0: Wow, couldn't have said it better myself. Bridget, once again, you're a rock star.